welcome to the Plant School Podcast. I'm Rachel Tenney, and here we learn all about plants, how they work, how to care for them, and it's all taught in a way that anyone, from beginner to expert, can listen to, understand, and enjoy. So I hope that you will join me in Plant School. And welcome to the Plant School Podcast. So today, before I get into today's episode, I'm going to be announcing two giveaway winners. And I've mentioned this before in previous episodes, but I'm going to be doing this for a while. So if you would like to join in and win a free plant, your chances are really good. You can either, one, leave an Apple Podcast review if that's where you're listening, or if you're listening on Spotify, there's a little question on this episode. And if you scroll down on this episode, you will see the little trivia question. Sometimes there's a right answer, sometimes there's not. And if you answer that, I will be picking winners from there. I pick winners from the most recent episode. So for today, I'm going to be picking responses from episode 126, which was our last one about moon gardening. And the winner over there is Rebex. I asked everyone what is one plant that works well in a moon garden. And so she mentioned Osteopermum Passion Mix, which is an African daisy cultivar. And then she mentioned that her and her boyfriend are actually making plans to turn their front yard into a moon garden, which I think will be so fun. I hope it goes well. And I hope you enjoy the free plant that you're going to get from participating in this Spotify question. Just email me at tennyplants, T-E. N-N-E-Y plants at gmail and I will get that sent over to you. And then over on Apple Podcasts, I'm going to choose a review. This one is from Sila Larrabee. She said, you do a great job on supplying people with great info on plants. Thank you so much, Sila. Go ahead and email me at tinnyplants at gmail. And Sila and Rebex, thank you for being a part of the Plant School podcast family. I really appreciate you guys interacting and participating. And I've said this so many times, but I can't help myself because these plants that are being supplied for the giveaway are supplied by the cutest nursery that's local to me. So if you want to go show them some love, check out the plants that they have, go to onlinegardencenter.store and you can see everything that they have. So today, I kind of want to try something a little different that I haven't done before. This may be a total flop. I I don't know what it's going to be like, but I saw this Facebook post and I saved it. It was just posted on this big plant group and they asked a question and the question was, what's the worst plant advice you hear people say to others? And so I thought it would be kind of humorous and fun to go through these comments and just kind of see how crazy they get, talk about a few things, maybe have a laugh. If this is a total flop of a podcast episode, I probably won't post it. But if it's on and if you're listening, that means there must be something of worth in here. So I hope that you enjoy. Maybe we'll do more of these. Maybe if you find like a similar Facebook post that it has something to do with plants and comments all over the place, we could do this again. All right, so let's see here. I'm going to the post right now that I saved. I just want it to be... Sometimes I feel like such a grandma when I try and use Facebook because I don't use it a ton. All right, so again, the question was, what's the worst plan advice you hear people say to others? 
We're going to filter this from most recent to the top comments because I think the ones getting the most attention might be the best ones to look at. All right, we'll be using people's first names, not their last names though, because I don't want to infringe upon their privacy. But let's see here. This is what Catherine says is the worst advice that she hears. She says, people that argue with me relentlessly about plant biology. I'm a literal biologist. I studied all types of biology, including human medicine, botany, biomedical engineering, animal botany, ecology, genetics, evolution, bioinformatics, medical microbiology. Oh my gosh, we're still going, people. Ecological microbiology, plant pathology, pharmacology, biopsychology, physics and medicine, biostatistics, and more. Oh my gosh, Catherine, you are killing it. Alright, I also worked in multiple labs and have studied plants in actual scientific experiments. So please don't argue with me when I tell you... <laughs> oh, this is too good. When I tell you that misting your plants is bad for them. I have the first-hand data to back it up. I'm sure you do. And I don't doubt you, Catherine, because you have obviously studied a lot. But that's hilarious that she went through all of that background and laid it out all for us just to tell us that misting your plants is the worst advice. It's so true though. Misting your plants, I feel like is something a lot of people do because it seems like a good idea because, you know, when plants are out in their natural environments, like they get rain, right? But the problem is there is not a whole lot of airflow like there is outside. And so water tends to just sit on your plant for extended periods of time and it can introduce bacterial and fungal infections. So I definitely agree. Missing your plants isn't a great idea. It can harm your plants. It also just isn't super effective with keeping the humidity up. All right, let's keep going. Anna says the worst advice she has heard is to root your cuttings in moss. That's controversial because I know a lot of people that love rooting their cuttings in moss. I don't see the problem with it. Honestly, I don't know how that's the worst advice you've ever heard. Oh, people are coming at her in the comments. Lorana says, what? That's my favorite way, lol. Someone says, it tears off the roots when you remove the moss. Just do it in water. Okay. Some people are saying that perlite is better. Honestly, most people don't seem too mad about that one. They just say, oh, I like moss. Oh, no, I like perlite. Oh, here we go. This one's controversial. Worst advice, Dariana says, mayonnaise to clean leaves. So someone said they had never heard of this. And Dariana responded and said, hate to break it to you, but there are people who love smearing mayo on their plants' leaves to make them shinier. They also claim it has benefits, but I don't know what kind of plant out in the wild are rubbing themselves with mayo. Oh, and then someone commented back. Yeah, obviously wild plants moisturize with Miracle Whip, not mayo. <laughs> oh, that is hilarious. I actually made a video. I have a YouTube channel called Tinny Plants. And anyways, I did a YouTube video very early on about how to clean your plant's leaves because I ran across the same thing of people saying to clean your plants with mayo. And I was just astounded that people believed this because yeah, it kind of clogs the stomatas. It's like wiping grease onto your plants. It, no, it's just a no. Ooh, Michelle says, 
my poor mom in the 70s would faithfully clean and wipe down one of her huge pothos leaves with milk. They did shine though. Oh my goodness. The ideas that people come up with, I just, I don't understand. And someone said, well, milk is actually slightly acidic. It really does do the trick on cleaning off mineral deposits if you have hard water. I feel like you could, I don't know, just get a cloth, get a microfiber towel and it will wipe those off. I don't think you need milk. Oh, someone else said, Kelly says that she had never heard of mayonnaise, but she did try milk and it cleaned off those mineral deposits on her orchid leaves. Well, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe milk is the way to go, but I just haven't had a problem with that. Okay, let's look at a, a new comment. Stevie says, OMG, I have a whole list. Misting helps humidity. Stones in the bottom of the pan for drainage. Go up multiple sizes to not disturb roots. Don't even get me started on ice cubes and orchids. She did it in all caps. Yeah, those are all things I hear very, very often. Misting does not really help humidity. Stones in the bottom of your pot is not great for drainage. Actually stops drainage from occurring. That could be a whole podcast episode, to be honest. And yeah, going up multiple pot sizes, you just want to go up one or maybe two. But really, you don't want to go up too big. Don't even get me started on ice cubes and orchids. That's funny. Yeah, ice cubes and orchids. Uh, Who started that? Who thought, yeah, these plants... Let's water them with an ice cube. No, nowhere can I think of of an orchid growing where ice cube is the natural way they get watered in the wild, in nature. So I don't know who came up with that. All right, Dustin. Ooh, this one's interesting. He says Captain Jack's dead bug brew. That's like a that's a product, right? To get rid of bugs. He says, that stuff is practically water. I sprayed a living mite and I watched it keep running like it never happened. Let's see what people have to say. Someone said, maybe you got a bad batch. I swear by this stuff because it was the first thing I ever used that I could watch the bugs die in front of me and it was super satisfying. Someone said, you need to buy the concentrate bottle. A lot of people are backing up captain jack's dead bug brew i've never used it personally so i have no opinion of this oh here we go adrian he says no no i did a pretty detailed experiment had mites on an alocasia counted each one and sprayed with bonide super soap which is the same active and percentage ingredient of jack's dead bug brew It had a 100% total kill rate within 14 minutes. I monitored each mite with a handheld microscope. Oh my gosh, Adrian, you are intense. I love it. He says, if you still have mites after using it, it's the frequency that you're treating it. Oh, and then he goes on to give more advice of how to get it work well. Sounds like you need to be using it pretty often and know that it doesn't kill eggs. So you have to get the babies when they hatch interesting. I don't know. Adrian's making a pretty good argument here that Jack's dead bug brew is actually good stuff. I'm always super skeptical of like different fertilizers or of insecticides or things like that. I'm just never sure because sometimes they can be really cheap ingredients. So that one was an interesting comment to look at because I've never used it and I had no idea if it was any good either. All right, let's look. 
Oh, we've got Catherine again. The one with all of her biology studies that she's done. Okay, she, let's see what she has to say for her other one. She says, I think my biggest pet peeve is when people say that their snake plant or ZZ or pothos is thriving in low light and that those plants are perfect for low light. Plants don't thrive in low light. Those plants in particular will just die slower. Agreed, Catherine, agreed. No plant loves low light. They will simply die slower. I completely agree with that. Whenever I put any of those plants with some good sun, they take off like crazy. And no one in the comments disagrees with her. They all agree. All right. Molly says, some of the silly things people recommend to use as fertilizer, a banana peel, milk, blood, hair. Oh, gross. This one I've dealt with too. Just so many strange videos on social media of people using garbage and all sorts of things as fertilizer. And yes, there is some nutritional value, like those three main macronutrients that your plants need, nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium. Your garbage does have those values, but they're pretty small. Like a common fertilizer is blood meal, where they are taking blood, usually from like slaughterhouses, they're making use of that blood that would otherwise go unused to fertilize. And yeah, it does work, but those values are pretty low. Sometimes it can have a smell to it, so people don't really like that, but it is a natural fertilizer for soil. Most people just don't want to use it in their house, though, because of the smell or because of the low nutrient value. They just don't see it as worth it and would rather do different commercial fertilizers that don't have a smell. All right, let's see. Hershita says blood. It's true, Hershita. People do use blood. Banana peels is actually good if you dry them out and grind them down. Oh, and Molly clapped back. She said, it really doesn't work that way. Whatever happened to some good old compost, I've seen no evidence that letting a banana peel dry and turning it to powder is enough to break down the nutrients to a level that the plants can absorb them. I haven't seen evidence either, but I also haven't gone looking for it. I'm sure there's some study out there that dives into this. But organic matter, when you break it down, does have nutritional value, whether or not your plant can, like Molly said, absorb all of it? Probably not. It can also lead to a lot of fungus growing in your soil. I had a problem with that once. I put a lot of organic matter as like a natural fertilizer into my plant soil. It was a bad idea, guys. Don't do it. I got so much soil fungus. So I just, I don't know. For me, I like things to be easy and simple. I just recommend buying a normal fertilizer but to each their own. Okay, let's see here. Ashley says the worst advice she's seen is sealing the ends of cuttings with wax, super glue, etc. Ooh, I don't know if I've heard of people doing this. Haley says, wait, why not wax? And Ashley says, just potentially sealing rotten, use a super sharp sanitized knife, not snips or scissors, and let the cutting callous for a day you're golden then. Too many people just stick the cutting straight in moss or water, etc., and wonder why they go mushy. I think there is some good advice in there. A super sharp sanitized knife is great. Using pruners or scissors can potentially squish the cutting as you cut it, but that's only if they're dull. I don't see any problem using scissors 
But yeah, I don't know why you would want to dip it in wax or super glue. I just don't see the need to use wax or super glue. Yeah, super glue especially. I don't, why would you be using super glue? I don't, yeah, I don't know if that one's super necessary. Someone said cinnamon with a little forehead slap face. What do you call that? Just like hand to the forehead. Honestly, I don't know if I see a problem with cinnamon because cinnamon works as like an antibacterial agent. If you're having trouble with your cutting getting rot, cinnamon could help. So I honestly, I'm not bugged by cinnamon. Moving on, Dawn says that the worst advice she's heard is neem oil. What? Someone says, wait, why don't we like neem? That's how I feel. I'm like, what? I've used it. And Lizzie says it's basically useless, and because it's an oil, it can damage your leaves. The only way it can kill pests is by drowning them with direct contact. So basically, it's a weak deterrent at best. I think it depends on the pest, but I do think neem oil can be beneficial if it has the right active ingredients. Someone asked, well, what else do you use if you don't use neem oil? And Lizzie's back and she says that she used systemic insecticides because pests can build up immunity to products, she switches them out. That's good advice to switch what kind of uh, insecticides you're using. Someone posted a picture of their plants. They look beautiful and they said, my plants are thriving using neem. That's how I feel. I'm like, it's worked for me, but I also use it with a lot of other avenues to get rid of those pests, like quarantining them or using alcohol swabs when necessary or hosing them down in the shower different things like that. People are saying they like to use insecticidal soap instead. Interesting, there are a lot of opinions on this one, but a lot of people saying, oh, it works for me, and some people like, oh, use this instead. (laughs) Someone says, I have zero idea how people deal with that stench. Oh, that's true. Neem oil kind of smells like poop, to be completely honest. It's a little stinky. All right, let's go on. Anthony, he says, When people hyperfixate on the fact that pests exist and end up smothering their plants when they didn't even have a pest to begin with. I've maybe seen that like once or twice. People will be like, what's wrong with my plant? Like, what is this? Are there bugs on it? It's like, no, no need to worry. There's like literally nothing going on. Someone said, okay, this is my number one. I got in trouble in another group last week for commenting on someone's post who is absolutely going bonkers over roly-polies in our soil. Yeah, roly-polies are fine. I feel like you could even just pick those out and toss them outside. Okay, next one, Aubrey says, when I sell a plant, so obviously she owns a shop of some sort, and they ask how often I water it. I water when it's dry. There's no schedule, babe. (laughs) Yes, that is such a common question of how often do I water my plants? Just whenever the soil's dry, that's it. That's as simple as it gets. Okay, Dustin says, the worst advice he's heard is to bury food scraps in the pots indoors. Yes, like I said, I tried that one. It was awful, awful, awful. Also, shining leaves with mayo. Talked about that one. And he says, I don't really see bad advice as often ever since I left all the quote-unquote houseplant groups. (laughs) I feel you, Dustin. I see some pretty silly things on houseplant groups and I I just do best when I don't get involved because they'll figure it out on their own, right? I would rather just do my podcast and 
be in this little happy space of plant school. Oh, this is funny. So Christopher commented on this. He said, I buried deceased fish from the aquarium under my plants. I kept them frozen until transplanted. That's not bad advice. <laughs> I can't tell if he's joking or if he's being totally serious. Because Christopher, you, if you're being serious, that made Dustin leave the houseplant groups. Because I don't know if that's great advice to bury dead fish under your plants. I don't know. All right, Alexandra, she says, this is the worst advice she's heard. She said that a plant's roots will strangle itself to death if you don't untangle it and strip it down to straight roots while repotting slash upsizing pots. And you have to repot all your plants every year. I got downvoted to heck on Reddit when I disagreed. Someone says, yeah, I don't ever mess with my root ball. I mean, plants can have their roots strangle them. That is a real thing. I saw it in my major. Like if a tree wasn't properly planted, its roots could keep wrapping around each other. Like let's say you planted it in a really clay soil. Those roots couldn't get down into the clay and they would keep wrapping around. It would be really weak and it would kind of strangle itself and die or it would topple over. So that's a real thing that can happen. Maybe not as common with houseplants, I definitely agree with Alexandra in that it's not necessary to untangle them and make them all straight. You just need to make sure that they aren't choking themselves out. And yeah, I agree. You you don't really need to repot your plants every year. Honestly, I do it like every three to five. It's really if I notice something funky is going on with my houseplants, then I will finally <laughs> check their roots. But it is definitely not every year. If you do it every year, awesome good for you. I guess it's like a good soil refresh, but I, yeah, I don't know if it's really necessary. Okay, this is a good one. Oh, it's Lizzie again. She was commenting on some other ones. She says, if I see one more banana slash rice, potato, food, water post, I will scream. It takes close to two years for a banana peel to fully break down and compost with heat and an entire ecosystem. They aren't going to break down in micronutrients in water for two days. I agree, those videos drive me a little crazy too. And the nutrient value of you boiling a banana and watering your plant with that, it's gonna be pretty minimal. So I don't know if it's worth it. Michelle commented on this and she said, I have this vague memory of my mom collecting eggshells in a jar of water. Once it was good and stinky, she'd water her plants with it. I remember that stuff did ever stink. Mm, no thanks. Just, just because of the smell, I say no thank you. Someone said, eggshells, ugh, that's another one. Even for outdoor gardens and veggies, they tell people to bury an egg in soil to boost calcium. An egg will literally not decompose like that. I dug up an entire whole egg out of my veggie garden that the prior owners had done a minimum of five years ago. It was completely hollow where the inside rotted and it turned to dust and it was so creepy and obviously wasn't adding calcium. And then someone named Christopher commented, he said, never heard of eggshell powder. Liquid calcium is better though. Powder works too. Apply monthly. Eggshells take seven days to dry. Put in a blender. I'm not going to say the dosage ratio because it will bother you to hear about it anyways. Uh-oh. We got some drama. What's Lizzie going to say? 
She says, yes, I've heard of eggshell powder. I'm adding some sass to her voice. Hope you guys don't mind. But again, that's not eggshell water. Although, again, it needs to be paired with magnesium in order to be properly absorbed just like humans. It doesn't bother me to learn things, but I've done a ton of research on these things. Oh, and Christopher is still back. It doesn't have to be. It just works better. Same with Epsom salt. It works better with calcium, but it can be used alone. You and me both. Yeah, I don't understand his response. But I I think I gotta go with Lizzie here for calcium to be absorbed you need a small amount of magnesium and just putting in eggshell powder will probably not do too much. Oh, we got some more drama down here. So it's the same post, but Christopher just made a new comment. He says, Lizzie, do some research. Bananas can break down in two weeks if you know how to make it happen organically. And Lizzie, again, she says, I've done tons of research, Christopher, and have yet to come across anything, including testing, that there are micronutrients available in the random food waters. Also, even you said two weeks, not 48 hours in a jar of water. Why try to correct me by agreeing with half of what I said? All right, so they got some some beef when it comes to bananas and eggshells but as i'm going down it looks like they kind of worked it out christopher just stopped replying but that's kind of how it ended and someone is calling lizzie out guinea says huh i never would have guessed that it will take two years for a banana peel to fully break down learn something new every day and lizzie said it won't always but it can depending on the conditions it's one of the slowest items along with eggshells it's also one of the lowest in nutrients That's interesting. I don't know anything about a banana's nutrients, to be completely honest. Two years seems like overkill for a banana to break down. Maybe if it was like in a desert, it could take that long, but I feel like that's really slow. All right, let's move on. This is a good one. Sierra said the worst plant advice that she's heard is, you don't need more plants. (laughs) That's a classic. You need more. Sienna says the worst advice she's heard is bottom watering never works for me. My plant's life declined after they're all happy with top water. Not very many people commented this one, but I feel like sometimes this can be pretty controversial. I love top watering. I will only bottom water if my soil is like super dried out and I need it to really soak in from the bottom because it's not absorbing when I do it from the top. But otherwise, I love top watering. I, I don't know, rain falls that way. So I figure that's just got to be the way to go. Okay, this will be our last one because I don't know if I mentioned this. I don't think I did, but there's over a thousand comments on this post. Maybe we'll have to go back and do more of this. But this will be a last one. Tealy says, kiki paste on unrooted nodes and cuttings. And someone agreed and said, yeah, that stuff is garbage. And Teeley said, basically, yes, unless you use them on orchids. Star said, I put it on my pothos and the clumps are still sitting on the vine. Oh, the clumps of paste. Although Laurel commented and she said, most of the nodes I scored on my rooted pothos prior to applying Kiki now have new growth. I was amazed. We got some different opinions. Ooh, Laura says, strong disagree. Got a Diffenbachia and a gold dust croton that were literally sticks 
to pop new growth everywhere after I smeared Kiki paste on it. The Croton stem was bare for almost a year and now it looks like this and she included a picture with this stem with a bunch of new growth. Honestly, this is my opinion, not that anybody cares or maybe you do because you're listening to this podcast, but I did that whole episode about ways to like biohack your houseplant and we went through all the different plant hormones and kiki paste was one that I had like never heard of but as I was doing research it is a real thing it works very well with orchids it works very well with certain plants it looks like Diffenbachia is one of them and crotons but also I saw that fiddle leaf figs it works really well with that and there are active plant hormones in it that do encourage growth on nodes or other little points of growth. So I have to disagree that Kiki paste is garbage because it's not. You're probably just <laughs> not using it right. Sorry, Teely. All right. And with that, I'm going to stop there because I feel like this episode could get really, really long. But I hope that was fun for you guys. I had a lot of fun reading those. I hadn't looked at that post before, but it was interesting to see some of the things people were saying. If you want to do more of these, if you see outrageous posts about plants, feel free to send them my way. You can email me, tinnyplants at gmail.com, or you can message me on Instagram at plantschoolpodcast. I feel like this would be a fun new series to start doing of reacting to different like Facebook posts or other posts on social media. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode and I hope that you will join me in two weeks for another brand new episode of the Plant School Podcast. Thank you so much for being here and for listening to the Plant School Podcast. I hope that you will join me for our next episode. And if you would like to support this podcast and keep it going, there's a link down in the show notes of this episode where you can donate to this podcast. And I really appreciate all that help. Or you can go to my merch store, which is also linked in the notes of this episode. And you can find some really cool plant-related shirts and stickers. And if you want to support the podcast but spend no money, feel free to share it with a friend, leave a review. All these things greatly help me out and allow me to keep doing this. Again, thank you so much for listening and for being here at the Plant School Podcast. Mm-hmm.